So this is another day of mixed emotions. We've been having a lot of them lately, but next week you get to have pure joy and it's not mixed, right? Sometimes things just don't end up the way we expect. Sometimes they are better than we could have ever imagined. As people who follow Christ, we know that the end is always, always for God's glory and for our good. But the journey is sometimes rough. We know. The old lady said if the mountain was smooth, you couldn't climb it, right? And so as we, we ex excel in deeper heights with, on our spiritual journey with the Lord, those mountains sometimes are very rough. What God does with us doesn't always feel good. But we trust a good God who knows the bigger picture. Amen? So this morning, um, we're going to do the story of the death and resurrection of Lazarus. And as I begin, I just want to tell you this modern-day, 21st century um, Lazarus story. I had the privilege of meeting the vicar of Baghdad, um, Baghdad, Iraq, we used to hear about in the war. He was the vicar of the Anglican Church right there in the center of the town, city, sorry. And, uh, and when I met him, he had done 997 funerals burying the people in his church. Sometimes we forget the people and the casualties of war when we, when we are distant from it, right? So, so Andrew White is his name, and he tells a story, and he has countless ones. I just chose this one today, of, of um, being in his church. He was an anesthesiologist who got the call to ministry and took it. Um, so for all of you here who are in very successful careers, doing what you do best, um, God, God doesn't care about that. <laughs> so here's this anesthesiologist who, who answered the call to ministry and is in, in Baghdad serving the church. And lots of ministry, as you can imagine, goes on there. And lots of prayers. And, and, and sometimes we think that these the Holy Spirit that was active in the first century when most of these stories were written is no longer active. But here in the 21st century, a Muslim man runs into the church and he says to him, Father, pray for my daughter. She's been shot, very sick, she's dying. So the, the, the priest says to him, okay, Go and whisper in her ear, God loves you, Jesus loves you. So he runs back to the hospital, and there she is. Not in, she's not in the room where she was because she's dead and has been taken to the morgue. He runs to the morgue, and he says to her, God loves you, Jesus loves you, and she sits up. 
These are not just stories. Um, I know some of you are looking at me like I have two heads, but these are, these are real life work of the Holy Spirit. With all the faith he could muster, God did it for him. Yes, and the priest did baptize him and his daughter later on. As you can imagine, if I was a Muslim and God raised me from the dead, I'd become Christian. <laughs> so today we read about Lazarus in John chapter 11. It's quite long, and so I'm just going to give you the highlights until we get to verse 41. So Lazarus and Mary and Martha are close personal friends of Jesus. They live in Bethany. Jesus is happy place. And maybe that's why, because they live there. So they're close friends, and Lazarus is deathly ill. Things just don't look good. The sisters are distraught. They're very upset because their brother is dying. It's not like when my brother is dying because I can work and take care of myself. For them, in that society where women had limited human rights, they were dependent on males. Whether they were kind or not so kind, they were dependent on males for their survival. So losing the male head of the household was devastating. The resources they used to to be hospitable, they helped Jesus and other disciples take care of ministry work. Their generous hospitality for which they were known was going to be over. The luxury of sitting and study will cease. And do I know about the luxury of sitting and studying? Um, thanks to my generous husband, I have the privilege to study. So it was cut off. Jesus, their best buddy, who they know to be a miracle worker, appears to be doing nothing. Things are not looking good. It's kind of like us. We believe that if we serve Jesus all the time, we shouldn't go through some of these things. Well, news for us, right? Good luck with that. But for them, things are not looking good. So their brother dies, and the neighbors are doing their thing. Um, you live in South Florida with a lot of Jewish neighbors, so you should understand the concept of sitting shiva. You, have you heard it before? Yes? No? Everybody knows what that is? Okay, thank you. <laughs> so sitting shiva is, is a Jewish custom that when a person dies, the immediate family, or first-degree family, they call it, so mother, parents, and siblings, and children, will sit, am I getting this right? Yeah? Will sit with the bereaved for seven days, and neighbors come and tend to them. So that's why Mary and Martha are sitting in the house. When Martha runs out, Mary stays, because some family member has to stay there. So reread the story in light of that. Four days go by, Lazarus is dead. Things aren't looking good. But then the story changes. Jesus actually intervenes in their dead situation. 
He shows up and things still don't look good. He's crying. I mean, like, he's supposed to do something. And now he comes and he's standing there crying with them. That's a whole nother sermon which I'm not going to preach. <laughs> that, that's for somebody else. But that he weeps with us, we'll just leave it there. Don't ever forget that. So then he shows up and then look what happens. They took the stone away. Jesus looked up. I thank you, Father, that you listen to me. I know that you always listen to me. But I say this for the sake of the people here so that they will believe that you sent me. After he had said this, he called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. and feet wrapped in grave clothes and with a cloth round his face. Untie him and let him go. Untie him and let him go. All of that to get to verse 44. Untie him and let him go. Did you, did it ever occur to you that people could get new life and still walk around in grave clothes? Who would have thought that he would come forward in grave clothes. Did you even think that was possible? He is alive in his grave clothes. As I preach my final sermon with you this morning, I said, Lord, what, what would you like me to say? It was either this or the Valley of Dry Bones. <laughs> I don't think you all would appreciate Valley of Dry Bones today. Unbind him and let him go. Do you realize that many of us are still walking around in our grave clothes? When we choose to not live into who we are created to be, to stay bound 
to the things that prevent us from blossoming into who God created us to be, we walk around in grave clothes. Of course not you. Maybe the people at 8 and at 9, at 11, <laughs> right? You see, Jesus said to them, These people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. So many times we get stuck on ourselves, walking around in grave clothes, that we cannot get to the heights that God has for us. We are bound by fear, by ideologies, by worldly expectations in the church. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we are so afraid of whatever. I don't know. I thought of all these fears and I said to myself, what is it that keeps you from from living fully the spiritual life. And I had to wrestle with the fact that mine is fear. If I get up here and start praying in tongues, half of you will walk out. <laughs> and so I, I pray over there in my seat, and I ask God to help me, um, that when I stand here and pray, I pray in a way that you understand as we communicate with the Lord. Do you think that is what God wants? Answer me. No. Don't know. I don't know. But I have to say, I am sorry. I probably shortchanged you. I asked myself, what am I afraid of? People are going to think I'm crazy, right? It's the only spiritual gift that is a front to people's pride, the gift of tongues. Everybody wants all the other gifts. Who doesn't want to pray for someone and, and they get healed? Who doesn't want to be able to work miracles? Who doesn't want to be able to have words of knowledge, to know truth beyond human comprehension? Who doesn't want all those other gifts? But most people, you talk about tongues, the gift that empowers me. That's what it does for me, connects me directly to the Spirit. And, but I don't want to share it with you because you might think I'm crazy. Bound by fear. <laughs> Too late. You already think I'm crazy. I love it. <laughs> Sometimes we're bound by ideologies. Those things that keep us from living into the fruit of the Spirit. The things that cause us to be indifferent to the poor and the marginalized. Sometimes our ideologies cause us to be toxic in our charity and stingy in our giving. Sometimes we blame people for who they are. Because our ideologies tell us 
they ought to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps, right? But that's not in the Bible. That's our ideologies. Romans 8 verse 5 said, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, sometimes things turn out better than we expect. We're bound by worldly expectations in the church. We know how to run a company, and we think church should be the same way. No, it's all about you growing closer to Jesus. That's what this is. That is what preachers give their lives to happen. They're not punching bags. They have given, we have given our lives to help people come to know Jesus better. So maybe the pastor doesn't speak, I don't speak the way you like, or I don't preach the way you want. Be merciful. Huh? The expectations should be heavenward. What is it? What is it that God wants from us? Sometimes we're bound by lack of love. Sometimes we're just bound by the past. We're just stuck. People who tell me they've sung this song, and you better not change the words. We sing, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Remember that? And then the next line is, what, which one do you know? Praise him all creatures here below. So, so the, the updated version is, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, right? And some people are furious that instead of saying praise Him, we say praise God. Some people are really angry about that. We're just bound by the past. What does God want for us? Brothers and sisters, sometimes we're bound by misguided priorities. Not you, you're here. Seeking the things of the world as if they're from God. Sometimes we, we are just Bound by laziness, just settling, just choosing to settle for the ordinary. But Isaiah 43 reminds us that God is doing a new thing. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Can you perceive it? Brothers and sisters, sometimes things turn out better than we expect. Because the Holy Spirit is alive 
and active. To what are you bound? Maybe nothing. Hallelujah for you. As I listened to Pastor Josiah's sermon last week, Numbers 27 verse 18 jumped out at me. It says, So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. God chose Joshua before Moses knew he would need a successor. It is God who does the choosing. God has been preparing Pastor Vidalis and Pastor Josiah to be your pastors. Long before they knew they would be coming here. It is God who calls. It is God who equips. And the spirit is alive and active. And has so much more for all of us. Things don't always stay as they seem. Sometimes they get better. Sometimes we cannot imagine. Things will be different. But it's the Holy Spirit alive and active in us that makes church, church. What does the unbound life look like? What if we chose to perceive the new things God is doing? Then you might actually lose your grave clothes, wouldn't you? Live unbound. Brothers and sisters, choose to live unbound. Ask God to set you loose. Access and embrace the work of the Holy Spirit. The old work is ever so new. Miracles, signs, wonders are not stories in the Bible. They are still true, aren't they? Yes. Do you want to see them? Yeah. If God did something for you, you pray for someone and they regain their sight. What do you think that would do for that person? I, I, I understand my gifts are different from yours. We all have different gifts. And yes, some of us have the ability to pray for others and they get healed. Yes. But what if I suspended all of this and entered a time of prayer as the Holy Spirit comes? Then you would be upset you didn't get... I didn't give you any notes and I do that on purpose, right? So I can say what comes. Right, Eric? Brothers and sisters, yes! As I leave you, I want you to remember... I don't take the Holy Spirit with me as if to take it away from you. There is so much to go around. 
I'm leaving plenty here. There are gifted people sitting around you with all sorts of gifts. Free them up to do what God has gifted them to do. Be a conduit of God's grace and mercy. Jesus did it for Mary and Martha. He had great mercy on them. By the same Holy Spirit, you can show grace and mercy to others. It's not tied up for special people. Some people have been called to be spiritual leaders. But all of us have spiritual gifts. Free yourself. Free yourself. Consider your legacy, and I leave you with this. If you could choose how you want to be remembered, what would you choose to do now? How would you live your life? How would you live so others would remember you? Sometimes I go to visit people, um, they're on hospice or near the end of their lives and I'll, they're homebound and I'll say, so how would you like to be remembered? If I was going to speak at your funeral, what would you like me to say? And for many people, they're caught off guard. They've never thought about it. Most of us just live with not much intention. What legacy will you leave? Will your children remember that you have always counted the goodness of God? Last night, a friend called. He's a retired Methodist pastor. He said, next week, this week, July 3rd, will be 48 years in ministry. And he called to tell me his wife, who had beat breast cancer seven years ago, now has cancer all over her body. And my heart sank as he wept. And then he said, but God is always faithful. I'm glad he said it, because I wouldn't have the heart to say that. He said, my children are getting along so much better than they ever have. God is doing a new thing, even in this. Brothers and sisters, how would you like to be remembered? Worship God. Would you be known as a worshiper of God? Worship God and let everything spring from that place. Seek to know God above all else. Deepen your faith. Seek ways. Seek ways. Love unconditionally. I know some people are difficult to love. And we don't always get it right. Love unconditionally. Study the Bible. Join a group which is intent on helping you know 
God more and know the word of God. One that is also open to the work of the Holy Spirit. Use your gifts. If your gift is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's giving, then give. If it's helping, then help. Use your gifts. Share your faith and facilitate faith sharing. Celebrate life's achievements, even as you plan. By the way, this church is celebrating its 50th anniversary. And if you haven't yet bought your ticket, I invite you to, to celebrate what God has been doing in this church for 50 years, even as they spring forward for the next 50. Buy your banquet tickets. There are tickets still available. Invest in children and youth. You see, they don't have a voice at the table. Live unbound to help the next generation. Jesus told Peter to feed the sheep and feed the lambs. We must be intentional about our investment in children. Choose kindness. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. If you know them, say them with me. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Right, Sunday school teacher? Choose kindness. I know some people don't deserve it. If we should live unbound, considering our legacy, what would you choose? Do you want to be known as someone who is kind? Work for justice for all people. You may not even like some people. It's okay. Work for their dignity. Someone said to me, when you, when you uh, commit a crime, you go to jail, and you don't get to take your children with you, so it's okay to have the migrant children in cages. This is a Christian woman. I was dumbfounded. I had no idea what to say. I couldn't comprehend the statement. Brothers and sisters, deny yourself for the good of others. Jesus said it. If anyone wants to be my follower, let them deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. I was asked, um, Genevieve asked, what is the church doing uh, to help the children that are in Homestead? And uh, our district is, Justice for Our Neighbors is a, a justice organization located right here in our district, down in Miami. And so they're working on, on ways that we can be more involved. Of course, they'll always take donations, but ways that you can personally 
get involved to alleviate the suffering of some of these children who, whose lives are sacred. The lives of unborn children are sacred. The lives of children after they're born are sacred. Their lives are of sacred worth. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. I ask myself, what is the one thing I'd like to know while I was here? And I want to know, did I love you well? Did I leave, live my time here in such a way that you would be more, at least more curious about Jesus? Brothers and sisters, do you love well? Not just your spouses, not just your children. Do you love well? Would anyone know you are a Christian by your love? You are the hands and feet of Christ. Christ has no body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks, compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks, compassion on this world. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. Be open, brothers and sisters, to the new thing that God is doing, even as you remain anchored in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Live unbound to love as God loves, to lead, to humbly go where God sends you. God is doing a new thing in you. God is doing a new thing in me. Live in love. Let us pray. Lord God, we perceive that you are doing a new thing in us. That your Holy Spirit continues to transform us into the people you've created us to be. And so now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will unbind all of us. Release us to use all the gifts that you give to us. Set us free to serve you now. Amen.